Our next reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This, uh, this country seems to go mad for a royal wedding, doesn't it? Uh, the news of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's engagement was, was all over the papers. And, uh, of course, the great British public want to know all the important details. Uh, I stumbled across this article on the, uh, the Sun Online. This was the title. How old is Meghan Markle? Who are her parents? How tall is she? And who was the Suits actress' first husband? See, you can rely on the Sun to pick out all the important details. Apparently, it matters who your parents are if you're going to marry into the royal family. Now, I want this evening to be informative, so just so you know, Meghan's mother, Doria, is a yoga instructor and a social worker, and her father, Thomas, is a former Emmy-winning television lighting director. There you go. You've learned nothing. If you learn nothing else this evening, you know where Markle, Meghan, Markle, Meghan Markle comes from. But I wonder, I wonder whether the, the papers and the press and the, the general public of Great Britain will, th will think that is a heritage, that is a family background worthy of marrying into royalty. And no doubt her parents will come under scrutiny over the next few months. Uh, at the heart of the Christmas story is not a, not a marriage into a, a royal family, but a birth a birth of a baby into a royal family. And so tonight, I want to invite you to come and meet the parents. Come and see this baby's heritage. Because for this baby, its heritage really does matter. Uh, the, the Christmas story is cute, isn't it? It's sweet, or at least the, the Christmas story on the Christmas cards is. But actually, in reality, it's far more gritty just look at verse 18 of that reading from Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Try and imagine Mary and Joseph, if you will. They are a young couple, very much in love with their lives ahead of them. 
They're devoted to each other. They're no doubt looking forward to their big day. And then with only perhaps a few months to go, Mary drops a bombshell to Joseph. I'm pregnant. Now in a culture, a religious culture like this, where you didn't have sexual union until you are married, this is the sort of thing you'd expect to see on the Christmas Day episode of EastEnders. Not in the Bible. I wonder, can you imagine how Joseph might have felt? How could Mary do that to him? He adored her. He loved her. How could she betray him like this? How could he not see this coming? You can imagine that Joseph would feel angry, hurt, devastated perhaps, and then worried. Worried what everyone will think of him because everyone's going to assume this was his baby born out of wedlock. What a shameful thing to have done, Joseph. You can imagine Joseph, can't you, in in order to protect his reputation, uh, marching Mary onto the first century equivalent of the Jeremy Kyle show, demanding some sort of DNA tests to prove that he was not the father of this baby. Wanting to expose Mary's unfaithfulness, to expose her shame. But Joseph's not like that, is he? Look at verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want, her, want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Uh, Joseph and Mary were engaged, which in this culture was legally binding. The only way you could get out of an engagement was through an official divorce. And Joseph was a righteous man. That means he is a a man of faith, a man of faith in God who wanted to live as God had instructed him to. And according to God's law, in the eyes of Joseph, Mary's been unfaithful. And so he's perfectly within his rights to divorce her, and that's what he wants to do. But Joseph's not the type of guy who's going to march Mary onto the Jeremy Kyle show. Joseph's a good man. He's a kind man. He's a caring man. And Joseph knows that in a shame and honour culture, to expose Mary for what she's done, or what he, think, what he thinks she's done, will be devastating for her. She'll face public disgrace. A stigma will hang over her for the rest of her life. She may never marry because of the shame she's brought on herself and on her family. And so despite everything that Mary has done to Joseph, Joseph still loves her and wants to be kind to her, to protect her from that. And see, as you read this story, you see that Joseph is a good guy. He's a great guy. The thing is, of course, that Joseph hadn't actually understood what had happened to Mary, had he? Mary hadn't had an affair at all. She was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Mary's a wonderful woman. She's not a cheat. God, the Holy Spirit, had enabled Mary to conceive. It was a miraculous conception. And at that point, some of us probably switch off, don't we? Because all this talk of miraculous conceptions feels a little bit like we're we're going into the world of fairy tales, of make-believe. But here's the thing. Some people 
I believe that God's made a baby appear in mummy's, in, a, in Mary's tummy. Others believe that somehow stuff just appeared in the cosmos from nothing. Both are miraculous conceptions that are hard to explain. The only question is which one are we going to believe? And I'd like to say, look, if there is a God who created the world, then it's, I think it's probably easier to believe in the events that we are reading that Matthew's describing for us. But let's get back in the narrative. Something happens to, to change Joseph's mind. Look at verse 20 and 21. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. We've already seen, haven't we, that there is a lot for Joseph to be afraid of. But Joseph is not to be afraid because of who this baby is and what this baby will go on to do. Verse 21, Joseph, don't be afraid because this baby will save his people from their sins. So Joseph is to name the baby Jesus. And the name Jesus means God saves. You'd think that was significant, and in a way it is, but in a way it's not. Jesus was a very common name in in the first century culture. Actually, it's not uncommon today, is it? In fact, there's a footballer who plays for Manchester City called Gabriel Jesus. Uh, when he first arrived at Man City, he had uh, one game where he completely turned the match on his head. And uh, the headline writers had an absolute field day. Here, here are some of the best ones I found. Jesus saves City. Jesus saves on a Sunday. I like this one. Jesus helps City rise again. Uh, oh, this is, this is my favourite. Swansea obviously didn't see the second coming. <laughs> uh, Jesus. There was lots of people called with the name Jesus. The significance of this first century baby is not just his name. The significance of this first century baby is that he would live up to his name. He would actually save people from their sins. God saves. Sin is a, it's a very religious word, isn't it? It's a very Christian word. Sin, let me explain what it means. Sin in the Bible is not just stuff we do. It's not bad things we do. Sin is to live in God's world, but to fail to recognize him. It's to enjoy all God's stuff, but to reject the one who gives it to us. And that is by nature something that we are all guilty of. And so that is something that we need saving from. To reject God, to live in hostility to him, is to cut ourselves off from the source of life, both now and for eternity. And it is to live in shame before God. Sin is what we need saving from. And this little baby would go on to do something that no one in history past and no one in history future 
will ever do to save his people from their sin. But the obvious question is, why him? Why that baby? Well, in Joseph's dream, the angel explains to Joseph the answer to that question. Just look down at verse 22 and verse 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, don't be afraid, because this baby is Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And here Matthew, as he, he quotes Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet who spoke the word of God to his people 700 years before Matthew writes these words for us. And Isaiah says that the virgin birth, this miraculous conception, would be a sign. It would be a pointer to the heritage, to the parents of this baby. This miraculous conception was a a sign that this baby was no ordinary baby. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And Matthew writes about him for us because he wants us to come and meet the parents. But not Mary and Joseph. Matthew writes because he wants us to be introduced to this baby's father, the God who created the entire cosmos. The God that Jesus came into the world to make known. Now, I expect there's some here, many here this evening, who aren't yet convinced about that. But if you do nothing else this evening, do ask yourself the question, why 2,000 years later we still celebrate the birth of this little baby in a sleepy backwater of Palestine? He was just one baby born of many that year. And yet 2,000 years on, we still celebrate his birth. Why is that? And then Joseph wakes up from his dream. And Joseph is now faced with a choice, isn't he? What is he going to do? How is he going to respond? He can do two things, can't he? He can divorce Mary quietly, which puts him in the clear and puts all the shame onto Mary. Or he can take Mary as his wife. And that would mean to take the shame on himself, as everyone assumes that this baby was his. Well, verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph takes Mary as his wife. They probably tried to marry quickly to, to minimise the shame, but it would be very obvious it was a shotgun wedding. So why is Joseph no longer afraid? Why does he no longer fear his shame? Well, because Joseph is now convinced of who this little baby was. Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder, if you were Joseph, what would you have done? Or let me ask the question slightly differently. Let me ask you, what will you do? 
You see, in writing down these events, Matthew puts the ball in our courts. He says to us, this is how Joseph responded, but now how about you? How will you respond to this little baby in a manger? Because you and I are faced with a a similar choice. We we might not live in a a shame and honour culture, but we know, don't we, just how much our status and our value seem to be very much dependent on what others think of us. And believing in God, recognising your sin and need of a saviour, trusting in Christ, well, none of those things are going to enhance your reputation. And who wants to admit? Who wants to admit they need a saviour? You see, Joseph knows the potential shame. He knew what he would face. He knew what people would say and the looks that people would give him. But he knew that marrying Mary was the only thing he could do. Because this baby was Emmanuel. God with us. The one who would save his people from their sins. And 33 years later, Joseph was proved right in his decision. As Jesus, like Joseph, was willingly shamed before the whole world as he hung on a cross. Only, Jesus didn't just take on one person's shame like Joseph did. No, Jesus took on the shame of the entire world. So that we might never have to bear the weight of our sin and shame before God. You see, Joseph's love and kindness to Mary was but a shadow of Jesus' love for the world. You know, if that's true, if God in Jesus really does deal with our sin and our shame, then we'd be crazy to ignore that just because of what people might think of us or say about us. Look, if nothing else this evening, surely these claims are so significant that they're worth looking into further and not just dismissing them as a nice Christmas story. Uh, Steve will say at the end about some ways that you can find out more. Surely if these things might just even be slightly true, these things are worth looking into. Let me uh, finish with this. And it's the question is this, which parents would you like to meet this Christmas? You can meet Mary and Joseph and they're lovely. And you can see them on the front of the Christmas cards in the cute little manger scene. Or you can meet the Father, the Father who created the whole world, the one Jesus came to make known, the one who offers life now and for all eternity, the God who offers true hope, true joy, true peace this Christmas. Why not come and meet him? Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Let's pray. And I'll pray using the final verse of a little town of Bethlehem and maybe this is a prayer that you want to make your own. O holy child of Bethlehem.
Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us, we pray. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Amen.